Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's Word. Israel in the end times. And so I promised this week that we were going to get into last day's stuff. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. First thing I wanted to do, how many of you guys were here on Sunday morning? Raise your hands. Okay, almost all of you. Okay, that's awesome. Because Don Stewart went through and he went through and talked about uh, some passages in the Bible that indicate that we're in the last days. And so actually I was driving down from Central California to Southern California at the time that second service was going on. So I got to, I got to hear, hear all of second service. So I heard the five points that Don made. And actually, I got to talk to him the week before, and he was asking me what I wanted him to teach on. And, you know, he gave me a couple of options. And I said, you know, that's the one. And actually, I thought it, was, it would be really cool because it's kind of a setup for what we're doing on Wednesday nights. And so he went through and talked about these five different points. And one of the major things that you have in Scripture is the fact that Israel is like a major pointer to the fact that we're in the last days. It is the regathering of the nation of Israel is one of those things that was prophesied, gosh, 2,700 years ago. Actually, it's even longer than that. We went a couple of weeks ago, we went through the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28 through 30. That's 1,400 B.C., That's 3,400 years ago, God talked about the fact that Israel was going to go into land, they were going to be disobedient, they were going to be finally cast out, not just to Babylon or just to Assyria, but into all the nations of the world and in the last times that God was going to bring them back. That's how long ago God made this prophecy about the, the return of the nation of Israel. And so he went through and talked about a couple of different passages. I'm going to start off this evening with a few passages um, specifically out of the New Testament that indicate that when we are getting to the last times just prior to the return of Jesus, that Israel is is a major element in the narrative there. So let's pray. Why don't you open up to Matthew chapter 24 first, and let's pray, and we'll get into the study. And God, again, we just thank you for the way that you are. Um, You said in your word that you don't do anything unless you reveal it to your servants, the prophets. And one of the things that is so clear in scripture is the fact that you have a purpose and you have a plan for the people of Israel. We've been over the last couple of weeks talking about the covenants that you made with them. One, a conditional one, the Mosaic covenant. The other one, unconditional And it was the covenant you made with them for the blessing that you were going to make them to the rest of the earth and the fact that you were going to give them the land of Canaan and that you were going to make them a great nation. And Lord, as we see those things being fulfilled and see the literal nature of your promises coming to pass, 
Lord, we just pray that it would increase our faith, that we would be more centered on you. In fact, one of the things that, that you said is that when we see these things coming to pass, that we need to look up because our redemption is drawing near. And so, Lord, that's what I, I want to get away from this study, the fact that our redemption is near. It's almost time uh, to go home. I've never, I've never seen the issues that we have in the world be more um, specific and pointed as to the fact that we're in the last days and, and we need to get ready for your return for us. Lord, help us to be good stewards of the promises that you've given us. We want to be people who are telling others about who you are. Uh, we want to take as many people with us as we possibly can. And so, God, just bless the study of your word as we go through it and uh, uh, give me clarity and just pray that you'd be in the midst of us as we open your word. And we ask that you do this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so when you're, when you're going through specifically the New Testament, I'm going to go through a number of prophetic passages, and the first one has to do with what's called the Olivet Discourse. Actually, it's one of the last things that Jesus told the apostles before he went to the cross. And one of the points that, that I've made as, as we've gone through the Bible in different places, whether you're talking about Jesus, whether you're talking about Paul the Apostle, whether you're talking about Peter, when these guys know that... This, these are some of the last things that they're ever going to say. That's just the way that it goes. The last things that you say to people are usually the most important. And it's the case with Jesus, and, and it's the same with Paul and, and Peter too. But in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus is talking about signs that are leading up to his second coming, specifically his coming to the earth to set up the kingdom. And we talked about the kingdom a, a number of times over the last couple of weeks. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I just want to go through a, a couple of, a short passage here that indicates that Israel is back in the land, okay? And so in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. In verse four, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. It's one of those things that we're seeing right now, wars and rumors of wars. Some of the, some of the issues that are taking place in the Middle East. And Don on Sunday talked about the fact that Jerusalem was, was going to be central to conflict in the Middle East and specifically something that was on the front page of everything that the whole world is concerned about. The whole world is going to be concerned about the situation in Jerusalem, it says in Zechariah chapter 12. Okay, Jesus goes through and he gives a couple of other issues. He says, nation's gonna rise against nation, a kingdom against kingdom, and there's gonna be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And then if you go down to verse 15, he says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Okay? So one of the things that, that Jesus points out is that during this period of time leading up to his coming back to the earth to set up the kingdom is that there's going to be this thing called the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel. 
And that's going to be defined in another passage in the, in the New Testament in 2 Thessalonians. I'm going to get to that passage in just a minute. But basically, what it is is a defiling of the Jewish temple. So the Antichrist defiles the Jewish temple. When Jesus says, you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. That word, the holy place there, is talking about the holy of holies in the Jewish temple. Do we have a Jewish temple right now? No, we do not. Did we have a Jewish temple at the time that Jesus said this? Yes, we did. I'm gonna make a point of this as we go through and look at some of these verses. And so there's a defiling of the Jewish temple and basically the Antichrist at that point proclaims himself to be God. And again, I'm gonna give you the verses for that. But then Jesus says, when you see that take place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Well, where's Judea? It's in Israel, right? And so he's, ta he's talking specifically to people in Judea. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And that's one of those things that is specific to the Middle East and specifically specific to the area of Israel. So are you usually hanging around on your housetop? Does that happen with you? You know, I'm on my housetop every once in a while and it's not because I'm hanging out up there, it's because there's something wrong up there. Anytime I'm on my housetop, it's because there's something wrong. I'm not just hanging out on, on top of the house. But in Israel, and especially when you're talking about in the older areas of Israel, the housetops are basically like the porch. The housetops are the, are the places where they're having barbecues. It's where you, ha you hang out during the cool of the day. And so they, at this time and still to this day, you can go to areas in Israel where on the outside of the, of the buildings, they have these stairways that go up to a flat rooftop and people go up on top of those areas. And that's where, again, they hang out just to relax and stuff. So he says, let him who's on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who's in the field not go back to get his clothes, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And look at verse 20. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. And so why would he be talking about the Sabbath? And when you're talking about the Sabbath in the, in the Bible, you're talking about Saturday. So he, who keeps the Sabbath day as a holy day? Yeah, it's the Jews. And so it's one of those indications that the Jewish nation is specifically going to be in Judea during this time, and they're going to be living there. This is going to be their home. And that when this, this event, the abomination of desolation takes place, they need to flee and they need to get out of Dodge quickly at that point. And so again, it's one of those indications that Israel is gonna be in the land at that time. Turn over to Luke 21, Luke chapter 21. This is another part of the Olivet Discourse. And so in Matthew chapter 24, you have Jesus answering certain questions. And the questions were basically the apostles said, look at these great buildings, look at these great stones that were used to build the buildings. They're talking about the temple complex. And Jesus said to them, do you see these stones? Not one of them is going to be left standing upon another. And he was talking about the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. And then the disciples asked questions. When will these things take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they asked three questions. The first question 
what will be, uh, when will these things take place is answered in Luke chapter 21. And so Luke chapter 21 is about the destruction of Jerusalem. And so let's pick it up again in verse 20. It says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into, what's it say? All nations. This is when the Jews are taken into all nations, okay? All nations and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Okay, so that's talking about the, the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. There's some similarities to the passage that we just read back in Matthew chapter 24. They're about two different events, but there's similarities because the destruction of Jerusalem is something that is similar to what's gonna be taking place at the time that Jesus returns. At the time that Jesus returns, according to Zechariah chapter 14, the city of Jerusalem is going to be under siege. A third of it's going to be taken at that point, and Jesus interrupts the battle that's taking place at the city of Jerusalem when he comes back. The Bible says in that passage that he comes back and he stands on the Mount of Olives, it splits in two, and there's a valley that runs literally into the old city and the people of Jerusalem are able to run out through that valley while Jesus takes care of these armies. And so the, some of the same things that happened in 70 AD, and this is when this, is, this took place, are going to be some of the same events that you're gonna see when, right before Jesus comes back. It's a, it's a dual fulfillment of prophecy, basically. And so in this passage, he's specifically talking about the 70 AD events, okay? But in verse 24, he says, they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive, talking about the Jews, into all nations and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And so the implication there is Gentiles are gonna be in control of the city of Jerusalem until a certain time. And that time is when the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And then who is Jerusalem under the control of? Yeah, there's only two groups. When you're talking about Gentiles, there's only two groups. One group is the Gentiles and the other one is the Jews. And so that's what that's speaking about. And so from 70 AD, city of Jerusalem was destroyed. And from that time up until 1967, Jerusalem was trampled by Gentiles. And in 1967, in the Six Day War, Jordan entered into the Six-Day War, despite the fact that Israel begged them not to. Jordan entered into that Six-Day War and they ended up losing. And that's when they lost the West Bank, which was Jordanian territory. It was not Palestinian territory. That's when they lost the West Bank, which included Eastern Jerusalem. And that's when the Jews got control of the city of Jerusalem. And so Jesus prophesied, number one, that Jerusalem was going to be taken and it was going to be destroyed. 
it's the time of, the, of vengeance. Um, and he talked about not one stone's gonna be left upon another on, on the temple complex. That's literally what took place. And then he said that in the end times, the Gentiles actually, from that time on, the Gentiles were going to be control, in, in control of it until the times of the Gentiles were fulfilled. And so obviously that's something that happened up from 70 AD to 1967, almost a full 19 centuries is how long Jerusalem was under the control of the Gentiles. First with the Romans, then later on with the Byzantines, effectively the same thing, the Roman Empire, the Eastern Roman Empire, then later the Marmalukes and, the, and then the Turks and then finally Great Britain and then again Israel. And we talked about that before. But you see that till the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Okay, turn over to 2 Thessalonians. By the way, at the time that Jesus said that, was there a Jewish temple? Yeah. And so he said that um, right around 32 AD, and 38 years later, that temple was destroyed. And just, just like he said, it was going to be destroyed. Then you have 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and this is that passage that I promised I was going to show you that has to do with the abomination of desolation. It says in verse three, let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, the apostasy comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Okay, the man of sin, the son of perdition is talking about what we call the antichrist or what the Bible in the book of Revelation calls the beast. And it says, the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And that's the abomination of desolation. And so when this event takes place, when the Antichrist goes into the Jewish temple and sits down and proclaims himself to be God, that is the abomination of desolation. That is the event that Jesus said you gotta watch out for, all those living in Judea. And when you see that, you need to get out of town. You need to leave as quickly as possible. Hopefully you're not pregnant because if you're pregnant, you don't run, you waddle, right? All you ladies that have been pregnant, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's hard to walk, much less run. Um, when, when you got a basketball hanging off the front of you. And the reason that Jesus said that it wouldn't be on the Sabbath day is because the Jews on the Sabbath day basically shut down their society. And so interesting things happen in Israel on the Sabbath day. They have elevators, obviously. Uh, when we go over to Israel, when we stay in hotels, they have elevators and they have what's called a Sabbath day elevator. And one of the things that the tour guides tell you is that when you get on a Sabbath day elevator, you, you can't just do what you want. You can't just press buttons and get places. Because on a Sabbath day elevator, there are no buttons to press. The elevator just goes to every other floor on the, uh, in the hotel. And the reason that they do that is because one of the things that the Bible prohibits during the Sabbath day for a Jew is lighting a fire. It also, the Bible also prohibits work. And so the rabbis have decided two things about elevators. Number one, if you press that button, you're working. 
So you can't do that on the Sabbath day. Therefore, no buttons for you, okay? Sabbath day elevator. The other elevator on that day doesn't work at all. They just turn it off. And so no buttons for you on that day. And then the other thing that the Bible says that you're not supposed to do is light a fire. And they consider pressing the button, doing the contacts where electricity goes through and powers the elevator as lighting a fire. And so on both those scores, they don't want you doing that kind of stuff. And so you have this elevator where if you don't know anything about it, you get on it and it stops every other floor. And you're like, what is going on? What's happening? I'm trapped on the elevator, you know, and that kind of thing. And so their, their society shuts down in all kinds of ways that are like that. And so Jesus in, in that passage says, you better pray it's not on the Sabbath day because you need to get out of town as quickly as possible. And again, it's when this takes place. Now, 2 Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians, is the temple still there? You guys know? Anybody know? It is still there. So Paul, Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians before the temple was destroyed. In fact, Paul died before the temple was destroyed. And so he's talking about things that are in the far future. And so Jesus's prophecy about the destruction of the temple has not taken place. And Paul is here talking about the abomination of desolation. Okay, now let's go over to Revelation, book of Revelation. And I'm not being exhaustive about this whole thing. I'm just, I'm just giving you some kind of highlights in the New Testament that again, talk about the fact that Israel is going to be an issue during the, during the last days. In Revelation chapter seven, um, one, of, one of the things that you have when you're going through the book of Revelation is you have this series of judgments. So the first series of judgments are called the sealed judgment. But this is, and, and then after that, when you get to chapter eight, we're gonna have the, the trumpet judgments. And then later on, we have the, the bold judgments. And the way the judgments are set up is there are six judgments, and then there's a parenthesis where you find out the cool things that God is doing. It's an encouragement to the reader. And then you have the final judgment. So you have six seals. Then you have this parenthesis in Revelation chapter seven and the seventh seal starts in chapter eight. Well, you have that same progression when you get to the trumpet judgments. There's six trumpets. And then there's a parenthesis where you hear about other things that are encouraging that are going on during the tribulation period. And then you have the seventh trumpet. Same thing with the, with the bold judgments, six bold judgments, then a parenthesis with an encouragement to the reader and then the seventh bold. Well, the encouragement in this passage is that people are getting saved during that time, okay? And the first group of people that the Bible talks about that are getting saved and specifically that are being used of God is the 144,000. Do you remember? When we started this whole thing, one of the things that I did was I went through and I talked about what's called biblical interpretation or hermeneutics, okay? So in biblical interpretation, words mean things. And so when the writer writes certain things down, unless you have a very good reason to think that he's being poetic or that he's being allegorical or anything like that, you take it as it's written, as somebody in the first century would take the passage, okay? So I'm a first century guy, I'm picking up the book of Revelation, I'm reading it for the very first time, I get to chapter seven, and this is what it says. In verse three, it says that there was an angel, in verse two, 
that went out and with a loud voice he said, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads, okay? And so that passage says that these people who are going to be sealed are the servants of our God. You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7.30, 9.15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.